The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view, and especially today's show, where uh, we've got some very uniquely Catholic technology stuff to discuss. But first, joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hey, Dom. Happy Ash Wednesday. (laughs) Happy Ash Wednesday, as we record this. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Howdy. So, yeah, as Father Andrew said, uh, we're recording this on Ash Wednesday. You're probably getting this on the day after. I call it Meat Thursday because it comes between (laughs) Ash Wednesday and the first Friday of Lent. And it's the one day, you know, you get to have it's like a meat sandwich, you know. (laughs) But uh, so that's where we're going to be releasing this episode. And given that Lent has begun, I'm a little I'm I'm hungry. You know, we're recording this late at night, having all day. So, you know, I'm going to be a little uh, wonky today. But uh, given that it's the beginning of Lent, we wanted to talk about technology and Lent. Obviously, that's it's what we're about. We're we're a Catholic technology podcast, and uh, so we we did talk a year ago. We did a show on uh, using and fasting from tech during Holy Week, which I think wasn't that your first show with us, Father Andrew. It sure was. Wow! It's so we've come full circle. It's <laughs> almost a year. So. Uh, that that's that's awesome. So we thought we'd take this opportunity to start to talk about the start of Lent to and using our technology. Uh, so first up, is it okay to use technology to observe Lent? You know, I, I know a lot of my friends have are are giving up social media for Lent and that sort of thing. What do you think? What's what's your point of view on where the place of technology in our Catholic devotional life? Well, so it's always important to remember what what Lent is all about, that Lent is all about that that repentance, conversion of heart in order to draw deeper and closer to Jesus Christ. So technology is good in as much as it can assist in that process. So I'm, you know, I think I think it's good to to use technology in order to to help in that. I know that a lot of people uh, use their their smartphones to pray and and I think that's wonderful. Um, but I think that there's also, of course, a lot of dangers to it, too, that you can you can end up using technology just to distract yourself and to avoid actually entering into the silence of your heart. Mm. And and so I think there's there's danger there, but there's also there's also some really great tools that you can use with it. Um, but always keeping in mind that what's the goal here? The goal is to have that conversion of heart in order to draw deeper to deeper and closer to Jesus Christ. So if it's helping you in that, it's great. If it's not, it should go. You know, I heard a homily today where the homilist was saying that it's not enough just to give something up for its own sake, but if you give something up, and in this case, if you give up, you know, some time on technology, you should be replacing it with prayer, fasting, or almsgiving. So if you're giving up chocolate, then the money you would have spent on chocolate, you maybe should give to the poor. And so, like you said, if you're giving up time on social media or time playing games on your phone or, you know, whatever technology thing that you may be fasting from, maybe give that time to God in prayer or some other service or something like that. You're, you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to preach just, just a bit here. Uh, <laughs> actually my, my, my homily tonight, um, I just made the point and I would throw this out there for, uh, the listeners to, to reflect on is that prayer, fasting and almsgiving can correlate to virtues and vices. Mm. So um, as we're struggling to avoid pride and grow in humility, we pray because pray puts us in a fundamental relationship that says God is God and I am not, and I'm submitting myself to God. I'm not God of my own world. Um, Almsgiving is uh, to combat greed. So Mm -hmm. the, the virtue there is generosity, that when we want to just collect and collect and collect things, we're going to give alms to the poor and give of our time and our talent to, uh, to combat that tendency to greed. Um, and then fasting, of course, is that which we deny our body something that is that is good. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but in order to recognize our true hunger for, for Christ. 
And so that is uh, the virtue there is temperance mm. and it's combating. And I pointed out in particular lust and uh, lust and gluttony, mm. which are both uh, using the world for its own sake and not pointing towards towards God. So awesome. I know that didn't really have anything to do with technology, <laughs> but but that's a, a helpful reflection as you're entering into life. That's awesome. No, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, using technology to help you live a better Lent. And this time we used podcasting <laughs> to, to get a little yeah. bit of that. And we could yeah. talk a little bit more about, uh, about Catholic podcasts for Lent. But, but Pat, what do you think about this idea of modifying our use of technology during Lent for, for good or for, you know, for more or less of use of it? What do you think of that? Well, I know I've, I've seen a lot of the people that I know on Facebook give up Facebook for Lent. For me, that would be the wrong thing to do because my contacts on Facebook are not primarily kittens and cute babies. <laughs> They're people that have something that I want to hear and I want to talk with and often about faith mm. or uh, world issues or things like that and not politics. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so for me, if I cut myself off from that, I've cut myself off from that enrichment. Right. And so I, I don't want to cut off that, but I can certainly say I might want to say uh, limit the amount of times I go back and look at email, limit the amount of times that I'm checking on other things, uh, hide the games if I'm mm -hmm. used to playing games. One of the things I, I did was was basically set up a different email account, although you could do it with a filter. And all of my reflections, daily gospels, all of those things go into that one email. I open that. I've got a lot of spiritual things in front of me that I can can draw from. Oh, cool. And so that's I cutting myself from the, off from technology doesn't help me, but I do modify what I'm looking at with my technology. Yeah. One of the things I've done is I've deleted the Facebook app from my phone and my iPad. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook during the day. I find that I, I waste a lot of time in the morning just kind of when I've just gotten up and I'm just hanging around and I'm scrolling, mindlessly scrolling mm -hmm. on my phone or my iPad usually. Uh, and the same thing and late at night. And like I, I should be going to bed, but I'm scrolling because I, I need to get to the to the bottom of the feet of the newsfeed. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, no bottom. Yeah, there's no bottom. <laughs> it's bottomless. And so uh, so I. I find like if I delete the apps, then they're not just there for me to tap and open up. Like I can still get into them because I still have to use it for work. I have to post stuff for podcasts and communicate with listeners. But uh, I, I have to go into the browser and the browser is a much you know less convenient way of uh, interacting with Facebook anyway. So it, it it's a natural limit on it. And when I think that for me, but I still I still have a lot of contacts, a lot of and like you say, a lot of good stuff that I get through social media and that's and i have to use it for work so i i find that's a good balance for me but uh, those are some good thoughts one of the thoughts that i also started doing about a year ago was instead of just scrolling through the feed when i go to facebook i go up to the notifications thing yeah the little balloon and i go through those and that's going to be where i find most of the people that i'm interacting with in this way that i'm talking about and I don't just scroll through the whole thing unless I've just got some spare time and I want to go look at some things that I haven't seen for a while. Yeah. But that's kind of what I'm doing to enforce the only look at the things that I think are, are helpful so you, at this point. So you've turned on notifications for all of those things then? Well, it's the little bubble at the top yeah. that says notifications. No, I don't get them on my phone. No, I don't but get them on. Right. But it's just the little bubble at the top that says, show me all the notifications I would have gotten. Right. But you've turned on the, for those particular sources of information, notifications to be notified whenever those those particular ones. Because I'm just using the default notifications. Oh, really? Because in I, other words, cause, uh, yeah. So because I don't get notifications up there except for when I said, "Show me," you know, let me know when this person has posted. So uh, oh, see, I I don't don't remember ever setting that for any of these people. Oh, interesting. Specifically, I think yeah. it was the default. I'm going to see the conversations that that are, are people that I've got friends set up with. Oh. And I don't go through all of them, just the ones that I'm interested in. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, what you mentioned get, setting up an email account to get special, you know, e uh, spiritually fruitful emails and, and that sort of things. Right. So I wanted to m mention a few of those that I've found that, that mm -hmm. are really good. Uh, so dynamic Catholic is um, Matthew. 
Matthew Kelly. Kelly's. Thank you. <laughs> Just, I knew I was going to get it. Matthew Kelly's apostolate. And they have a, you know, your best Lent ever uh, program that they do every year. And at the beginning, you can you can submit your email address and every day you're going to get some uh, Lent and devotional emails to help you think about and reflect on Lent. Um, another one that I really like is uh, Bishop Robert Barron's Word on Fire. They have a Lent Reflections. So uh, Dynamic Catholics is dynamiccatholic.com. Um, the uh, Word on Fire is uh, lentreflections.com. So those are both a couple of really good ones that uh, I like. Do, do you guys have any of those sorts of things that you like to get like via email, uh, Lent and Reflection? Uh, I joined the uh, online John of St. John of the Cross Lenten Retreat, and that day basically, again, uh, we, I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, you sign up for that and you get not every day, but you get a summary of like that week. And so you get a PDF that you can then put on your phone and go through different prayers, different reflections, et cetera, and formed the uh, the the. Uh, organization that is uh, good for lots of books, movies, et cetera, they have a Lenten Reflections that they send you on a daily basis mm. to to do that. So I've got, you know, like the Daily Gospel and and uh, several things all coming into that one mailbox. Oh, good. Yeah, and I would just throw out there, too, that the, the USCCB has a – you can go to the USCCB website and you can sign up for uh, emails of the daily readings or you can actually subscribe to their podcast, which is a, a audio version of the daily readings. Um, I personally don't do that. I don't – I actually don't really like more emails coming into my email. <laughs> right, right. So – so, so what I typically do, and unfortunately this this requires a subscription, but I have a subscription to the Magnificat. Yes. And um, so, of course, I have the, the physical little book uh, with reflections and the daily readings. Um, but I also really like it because I have access to the Magnificat app. And so I can pull it up on my app and get all the same information there as well. So that one, unfortunately, need a subscription. But yeah. the USCCB daily readings are completely free. And they, do they have a specifically Lenten app, like an app for Lent? Because I know they have a Lent book that they they send out as well. I'm not that I'm not sure about. Okay, so but if you go to the, we'll put a link again. The Magnificat website, they'll they'll have all that information. Oh, you're asking Magnificat. Magnificat does have a, a book Lenten reflections. Oh, okay. Um, because we bought a bunch of those for the cathedral parish, and they're okay. sitting out in the pews. But those are paper, not electronic, those are, correct? Those are those are paper. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. That's cool. You know, another th one I want to suggest, if you don't want to get emails, is uh, if you go to the Ascension Press YouTube channel, they have a great roster of of presenters, uh, including Father Mike Schmitz, who's is a blast. He's he's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, he's he's basically uh, John Krasinski as a priest, uh, as the way I always see it. Uh, you know, the guy from the office, Jim from the office. Um, but they also have like Franciscan Friars of the Renewal and Matt Frad and uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, Jack, uh, Jackie and Bobby, ja uh, Jackie Francis uh, and her husband sure. who, you know, they talk, they, they talk as couples. But each every day there's a there's a new reflection from some from one of these folks on their on their page. And right now, of course, they're talking about Lenten things. Um, and it's really informative and fun and short, you know, under 10 minutes, usually between five and eight minutes or so. Uh, and I, I think it's if you prefer your content visual, that would be a good thing for you. Uh, you know, because, again, like a lot of people like for me, emails are OK, except after a while, I stop seeing like I stop like even I start scanning past them in the in the cascade yep. of emails in my inbox, although that separate email account is the is a good that's, idea. That's what I was. That's why I put them in a separate email yeah. because I don't do well watching videos because I'm usually trying to do other things in between, and that that doesn't work for me. Right. So having an email that I can just sit down for ten fifteen minutes and kind of go through some of the things and reflect that helps me. Yeah. I'm more word oriented, I guess. You know, one thing that's uh, I, I was thinking about is um, Verbum. The it's the Catholic uh, study software is they started like Bible study software, but it's so much more now. And they, they have, it's basically a, a whole library of books in electronic form within the software that lets you search and find related things. So it's like, it's like a, it's not just eBooks. Like you can buy on, on Amazon, 
but they're within this software that lets you search through it. And they have a number of resources, some free, some that you could buy that uh, are for Lent. And that, so they, they'll connect to, say, the day's readings. They'll have uh, related um, stuff from saints to, to the Lent or to this particular day of Lent or this particular uh, uh, feast day in Lent and so on and so forth. And it's, they have an app for your phone they have, and they also have an app for your computer. And you can, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a nice way if you have, um, if you're looking for something a little different, uh, than, than usual. And, uh, so, uh, we'll have a link to that. So th I, I like that as well. I, I'm more of a, I like to study scripture and stuff. That's my, I have a theology degree. So I like that sort of dig in and what's the Greek word there and how does right. it, I references. Just, yeah, yeah. I just love that. That's how I met my wife actually at Bible study. But, uh, right. so that's, that's my thing. <laughs> Are there a fair number of resources on that that are free? Because I have I have one of the paid tier program or paid tier whatever yeah. uh, that that gives me access to a ton. But yes, uh, I'm trying to see what they have here. They have because some of those are are not cheap at all to have right. access to the huge library of of resources. Right. There's a yeah. Now I've got the Verba map and I bought a couple of things there, but I'll have to go back and look because I didn't know about the Lenten reflections part. Yeah, I have to. I'll have to look at it. But um, yeah, I've got a uh, Verbum Gold, which is a pretty good level one. Uh, it's not the top level, but it's it's got a it's got eleven hundred resources. It says, but. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good question. I'm not sure what they have for free stuff, but it's worth checking out. To go go and take a look at it and see what, because um, I'm logged in as on my account, so I, it's hard for me to see. Well, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put yeah. that in the show notes and let you know. So, but uh, but you, you can always you can always get the basic free thing and add books. But I'm, I think the Lenten stuff is included. They're they're giving that away. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, but let's talk about um, Lent and your phone. Uh, and you know both resources, in, you know apps on the phone, but also how to prevent our phones from becoming the the attention tethers that that they sometimes can be. They can be attention drains. Um, but let's let's talk about the, the 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 good stuff, the the apps and things. What what do you uh, use for good apps for a prayer life and spiritual life for your phone? Uh, Father, why don't you start? Um, yeah. So so one of the the easiest uh apps to use to pray the liturgy of the hours uh which is one you know one of the universal ways that the church prays but if you were to pick up the the book the yeah. liturgy of the hours it can be incredibly complicated to try to figure out you know which ribbon to turn to and what right. prayer to pray um so there's a there's an app out there called ibrevery which lays it all out in exact order that you would pray it without you needing to to flip to different ribbons in a book um, it's actually one of the ways in which my, my parents started to, to use to, to mm. learn how to pray. And they, they transitioned to the one volume Christian prayer book. But, you know, when there's a feast or a solemnity, they would, you know, even use ibrevery to double check what they were, what they were praying and if they were supposed to go. And so, so ibrevery is, is really good for, um, the liturgy, of the hours it's free. Um, I think also Universalis is a, is an app that will do the liturgy of the hours. That's one that I don't personally use, but I use that um, one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's definitely one to, to check out. Right. Universalis, uh, besides the liturgy of the hours, uh, has a section on, uh, where they, uh, also have the daily mass readings as well as then they, they have an, a separate section that goes through the, the Old and New Testament readings, or not, I'm not the Old and New Testament. The um, the commentaries that are often included okay. in the the uh, liturgy, the hours, and they have that as a separate thing for just spiritual reading. If you just want to skip straight to that, so they've got some yeah. nice things in there. I believe he's got the uh, the mass readings as well, which is good. Um, mm. And good, uh, yeah, that's a, it's really it's a really nice opportunity to, like to get all that in one place. And I know like even a lot of priests prefer that over the the books and the ribbons and the, the whole thing. Um, you know, and, and while we're talking about the liturgy of the hours, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention SQPN's own podcast, Pray Station Portable. If you prefer to pray along to someone else's lead, uh, that we have that available here. And, and you can download it each of the separate hours, morning prayer, daytime prayer, uh, office of readings, 
evening prayer and night prayer are each separate episodes of the podcast. And we usually have them available several days in advance of the day that they'll be needed. And uh, then you just listen to the one for that particular part of the day. And, you know, you don't have to be, uh, I was going to say religious, but you don't have to be legalistic about it. You can listen to your mm-hmm. morning prayer <laughs> at noon if that's if that's when it's that's, that's when you get your yeah. first chance um and, and you don't have to listen to all of them you don't have to pray all the hours if you, you want don't want like for some people night prayer is just what they need and that's that's perfectly fine so uh i, I like that priests and religious often take a take a promise to pray yeah. uh, the liturgy of the hours so lay lay people are under no such obligation but for me like i do pray every day the office of readings morning prayer daytime prayer evening prayer and night prayer. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, and some, some religious orders will, will take that farther and daytime prayer is actually split into mid morning, midday or mid afternoon <laughs> prayer. Yeah. I think- um, I'm only required to pray one of those, but I could pray all three if I wanted. <laughs> and some religious orders are doing every single one, every single day. You know, we, we have, uh, just to, to kind of bring a technology focus back on it. We, we have the podcast, we play it over our, uh, Amazon echo in our kitchen uh, my wife does this. Uh, she t- she takes the lead on that and plays it as she's you know getting ready in the morning. She does the morning prayer uh, and then the, day- the daytime prayer. And as she's making dinner, she does the evening prayer. And so all the kids in in us are are familiar with it. And in fact, from their very youngest ages, they were praying the psalms along with it. The psalms are familiar to them. The antiphons are familiar to them. It's part of the rhythm of their life, and that is something maybe to think That's about. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the that's kind of the point yeah. even of the liturgy of the hours is is it is it's a way to you know uh, get into the rhythm of life and prayer and have it interconnected and not just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna fit prayer in at the end of the day when I can make it but no to to stop you know at moments throughout the day and make it part of that rhythm right prayer is like in that sense like breathing um, and in mm-hmm. fact uh, that's another tip is is to set to use your phone's clock. To you know, to set reminders like alarms that remind you to pray throughout the day, which is a a nice little uh, thing to do. Um, one of you have uh, put in the show notes something about the Angelus, right? Uh, mm-hmm. was, was, the, yep, the the Angelus is is a prayer that's typically prayed at six in the morning, at noon, and at six in the evening. So you could easily just set an alarm, and mm-hmm. even on the smartphones, you can name your alarm. Yep, and you could just name it, you know, the Angelus at. And even if you just wanted to do it at 12 noon every day, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, again, kind of break you out of the, the mind numbingness of the life around you right. and like refocus and, and have those specific moments to refocus uh, throughout the day. That's, that's one of the features of Universalis is you can set that to have it pop up the, the uh, reminders for evening prayer, the Angelus, whatever. Whichever ones you want, it will actually just pop up a reminder. Hmm. And on my watch, I can tap on it and it will show me the first part and then show me the full prayer. Nice. Right on my Apple watch, in fact. So uh, that's that's one of the things I've been really enjoying. Oh, I like that. Yeah. One thing uh, that that I've done and my wife wife and I have done is we set up times uh, alarms related to particular people we want to pray for. So. At one, mm. the, you know, the first hour I pray for my wife. The next one is for for one of the chil- each of the children, and then family, and so on and so forth. Uh, we have five kids, so that takes up most of the day. But if I if I do them all separately, <laughs> so I kind of bunch them together. But uh, it's it's a nice way to to break out of that routine because you can get into like you know oh I'm I'm working I'm working I'm working I'm doing this thing. Break out of it and think oh yeah remember I'm you know remember mm-hmm. remember God remember family pray. It's a nice connection back to everything. So I like that uh, idea. One of the things, uh, another, some more apps uh, I want to mention. I want to mention the uh, a Novena app, a Catholic, the Catholic Novena app called Pray. And it's really nice. There are several Novenas that are on the calendar during Lent, usually. Uh, St. Joseph Novena. There's, there's dozens of different Novenas that you can pray. And it, well, so, all right, so a Novena is... A way of praying for nine days, novena, it comes from the Latin word for nine, nine days leading up to a feast day. And you and usually there's a formula, a set, set, uh, set of prayers that you pray, uh, usually with an intention, you're praying for something in particular uh, up to that day and seeking the intercession, usually of a saint or whoever's feast day that is. And uh, there's, you know, you can do a novena to the 
Feast of the Sacred Heart, which is in June, and I think. And uh, uh, I don't always have these off the top of my head. I'm, I kind of guess sometimes. But, you know, there's the classic novena, the original one, is the Feast of Pentecost, from the Feast of the Ascension to Pentecost Sunday. But uh, but this app is really nice because it has a lot of features in it to help remind you every day to, to come back and pray the novena. And, uh, and then it will... S- give you little notices. Hey, there's a novena for such and such starting in two days. Do you want to start that one? And, you know, so it's a, it, it's a nice app for that. Uh, you guys have any other apps that you want to recommend that might be? Well, the rosary apps, uh, there's several of them that I have tried and uh, one's by Rosary Army. Yes. And uh, then there's another one, uh, one Hail Mary at a time dot com slash rosary, which is a really nice printed version of that. Mm. Uh, uh, type of uh, explanation and a place to to say the prayers and look at the mysteries, uh, but the 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 Rosary Army app is really nice because I can put it on audio and be listening to it and be while I'm in the car and that type of thing, and so it can help assist me when I don't have the extra time that I think I need to have to to play, pray the Rosary getting out the beads myself, you know. I want to particularly recommend so. the Rosary Army app because of our friends, Greg and Jennifer Willits. It's their app. Uh, they, they are uh, two of the founders of SQPN. They have their own podcast now. Oh. Uh, the uh, It's not Catholic Next Door. Uh, Imperfect Living. Adventures in Imperfect Living is their podcast. But they have the Rosary Army, which they started years ago, and they were among the first podcasters. But uh, the, the their app also includes uh, Greg's artwork for each mystery of the rosary, yes, which uh, is yes. nice. So definitely check that out. And uh, uh, it, it's a nice way to say, something, in some ways, like maybe pray the rosary while you're on a walk or while you're driving to, to listen to it, that sort of thing. So that, those are good choices. Um, how, about, uh, how about ways we can use our technology to keep us from overusing the technology, from focusing too much on it? Uh, what are some ways we could work our phones to help us with that? Uh, any suggestions on that? Yeah. So one of them uh, we have already talked about, um, just fasting, quote unquote, from social media apps. Yeah. Uh, delete them from your phone. Use them. Uh, go go to Facebook via the, the web browser. Um, you know, one one thing that I do like to do is to just delete them on my phone. And then and then I'm forced to just go to the computer to to log in or or whatever. Um, but that. That can be a way to just, yeah, stop the mind-numbing scroll, <laughs> you know. Um, some of the other uh, thoughts that I had, too, is uh, with, and I'm assuming there's there's analogies to to Android, but on, on an iPhone, you have the do not disturb mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just turn that on to, to um, silence all the notifications that come on your phone so you're not checking your phone every time that it buzzes to see, you know, that someone posted a new picture on Facebook or, or whatever. Um, so it can be a way to just kind of try to limit the amount of, of screen time that you have. Um, and along with that, since last year, this wasn't around last year, but uh, Apple has come out with, with screen time. Yep which is a really cool tool within the iPhone um, system that, that tells you how much time you're spending on your phone and what apps you're using. But you can also use the, the screen time app to schedule downtime. And during that time, you can tell it only selected people who are calling or so only certain apps will be available during those times. So if you know that you're going to, you know, I want to take this hour of prayer but you want your phone on you, you can, you can set it up so that, you know, only mom and dad can call me during this time. And, you know, and that'd be an emergency and everything else is not available. Um, you can set limits on the apps themselves and iPhone lets you do it by category. So you could just, you know, limit the amount of social networking that you can do every day or the amount of games that you can play every day or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so those are some tips and I'm sure Android has similar uh, tools that you were able to use as well, but I am not an Android user, so I can't say. Well, I went through the uh, notifications today and basically turned off all notifications for anything like news or, uh, you know, the Facebook or mm-hmm. all those types of things. But I leave the notifications on for Universalis and those things that I need. So those are the only notifications that pop up on my screen, except for phone calls or text mm-hmm. messages. That's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, in general, turning off. I think people in general should turn off more notifications uh, on their phones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, default is always on, yeah. so you have to go through and say, "No, I don't want them," or "I just want yeah. a." Uh, a you know, a banner or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, turning them off was a very rewarding thing today. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I do with, we talk about do not disturb is, is I like to, like when I'm going to pray, I turn on do not disturb, um, especially when I'm going to mass. And I've, I might've mentioned before, but uh, if you turn on, if you have an Apple watch and a, and a iPhone, if you turn on do not disturb on your watch, it turns it on, on your phone. If you have it synced, if you, there's a setting for that, yeah, yeah, yes, you could have them. You could have them connected, which which I think is a good idea because it means I'm not fumbling for my phone when I get into church. I just flip the the thing up on the watch, hit do not disturb, and because I've set a uh, a time on my calendar for mass, and I'm going to start doing this for uh, my prayer time. Going to put it on the calendar. That's actually another tip. If you put things on the calendar, those become important things mm -hmm. and you get mm -hmm. reminders and, you know, and you, and you do them. But you can also set a do not disturb for that time period. So I have every time we record a podcast, I have it on the calendar. So at the beginning of the podcast, I flip it up on my watch. I hit do not disturb during this event. And then you can be you can be not disturbed during that time. Uh, and so. That's an, a possibility because there's nothing worse than, you know, sitting in prayer, adoration, and and your your wrist is buzzing and you're not looking at it, but it's right there on the edge of your brain, of your mind going, just look at me for a second. And no, I don't want to see it. Cause even if you have it silenced, but it still buzzes. So so that, that you know, gets rid of that for you. I'm of the opinion. Um, I think, Dom, I think that's a great idea, yeah. especially if you, you know, you have a family and if there's an emergency, you know, you need your phone on you. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I don't have the same risk constraints. I will not take my phone into prayer. I will yeah. not have my phone on me when I'm celebrating mass. And like, I mean, just not having the phone physically on me frees my mind to focus on what I'm actually doing, right. which is celebrating the mass or just sitting in adoration or whatever it is. If I have the phone on me, even if it's on do not disturb, there's always that in the back of your mind that you, you Awareness. just, yeah. What, what if there's something that came through? What if someone texted me, you know, yeah. and, and I just get rid of the temptation entirely. I like the idea of putting it in another place, but it's still on. I, I have the, the problem that if I turn my phone off, I'm always scared that I'm not going to be able to find it later with find my phone because it's off. <laughs> yep. So I never turn my phone off. But I like the idea of just leaving it in the car, you know, yeah. put it in the glove box or something like that. That's a great idea. I can't put it in the car. The, we, we go to church in a bad neighborhood, honestly. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm afraid okay. to leave it in the car. But the other thing is um, my – my wife and I sometimes like to take notes during the homily. We're, we're those kind of Catholics mm -hmm. where we, we want to. Well, okay. and yeah. it's true. I do use the phone to to look at the some of the prayers during before mass. And, right. and uh, Randy, of course, uses his iPad during the mass to to see the, the large print, all of the prayers. Yeah. Right. The large print yeah. and everything. So but it's a good point. It's a really if you can, especially at home, like if you if you're at home praying, put your phone in the other room or and don't pray right. in a room like with the tech, <laughs> pray, mm -hmm. like find a space mm -hmm. where you're far away from that stuff as much as you can. I like, I like that point because then you're not tempted and you're not, you're not distracted. Um, one of you had this uh, other uh, suggestion about um, mm -hmm. setting your phone. Is that, was that you father Andrew? It, it was, it's not something that I've been brave enough to do, <laughs> but I had a, I, I had a, a priest friend last year who did this. Um, and he suggested, uh, using your phone, you can, uh, you can go into the accessibility options and you can change the, the, the contrast of the phone and you, you can actually set your phone to a grayscale, uh, color option. So you're sort of fasting from the bright, vivid colors and you're, you're still getting hmm. the same information, but it's causing a little bit more you know, self-denial in, <laughs> in what you're, in what you're looking at. Um, so, you know, so you can do that on iPhone and again, I'm sure you can do it on Android as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a good idea if that's, if that's, you feel something that you're called to. Now on the other side of that is my, is my next suggestion, which is, uh, my alma mater, Franciscan university, uh, they have a Lenten website that they, that they've offered it's called 40 days of devotion, but on it, they have, uh, Fun Lenten, not fun, fun, beautiful Lenten wallpapers for your phone. 
So you want that's another mm. way to to create sort of a a reminder or something that every you know because we do look at our phones uh, many times a day and other people see our phones too, which could be a way of being a, a little soft evangelization. And uh, so you could you could swap out your wallpaper for Lent or switch it up. They've got uh, like a dozen of them, so you could every few days wow. even. And uh, something to think about is maybe you want to put on your phone as a reminder of it. But uh, some of them are grayscale, so you could do it in grayscale too. That would be good. I have seen people on Facebook change their profile picture to a, you know, a Lenten cross or a Lenten mm-hmm. uh, thing, the same thing at Easter, you know, change it again. So it's not their face sitting there. Yeah. It is a reminder yeah. to all the people who are seeing their profile. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic. I'm, you know, thinking of this season. On the other hand, it does get a little confusing for the rest of us because I've got like a dozen friends who've just have like a purple square oh. and i'm like who was that again who said that <laughs> who are you, you? Know, I, I i need to see your profile yeah but but i get what you're saying it's a it, we we can evangelize with our social media mm-hmm. and that's actually a nice point um yep. uh, anything else we want to talk about with the uh, lent and uh our tech father you have something yeah i i just wanted to kind of mention this i again uh, tech if it's used in a way to help you enter into prayer it's absolutely good so um you know that's a that's a great way to to do lent but i think it's also just as important to remember uh that shutting off the phone entirely can be a really good way to do it too um you walk around uh, the grocery store and how many of us when we're standing in line at the grocery store, just pull out our phone and start scrolling and start, you know, distracting ourselves from the, the, the pain, so to speak of waiting in line Mm -hmm. when um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to be said about just allowing yourself to sit in that without distracting yourself and just letting the Lord be present in those moments. Um, and so that can be a really tough discipline for us, especially when we don't want to sit in silence or we don't want to stand in line. But the Lord is Lord of, you know, he's the Lord of the past, the present and the future. And often we forget that he's in the present with us. Right. And and so sometimes just putting the phone away can help us to just be present and whether that's, you know, standing in line and noticing a little kid smile at you or, you know, all sorts of things that the, the grace and blessings that God wants to give us will miss if we're just looking at our phone to distract ourselves to get to the next thing. That's a good so, point. Good. Yeah. You know, I, that reminds me that uh, when I was in college, long before there were smartphones or portable phones, for that matter, in general use, uh, one of my professors, Father Giles Dimmick, who a Dominican, famous Dominican, he said, uh, too many people get into their car and turn on the radio and listen yeah. to, you know, there's, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, d- turning off the distractions. So whether even, you know, beyond the, the phone, turn, don't get in your car and don't turn anything on and just drive, drive in silence, uh, drive or pray out loud or, or in <laughs> prayer, but be open to the Lord and, you know, and, and not, you know, the distractions around you spend time out in the world without like, you know, I, I go for a walk every day. Uh, I try to anyway, I listen to podcasts. That's really the only time I can listen to some of my podcasts, but you know, some days I just want to walk. I just want to go out and just be present to the nature around me, the neighborhood around me, really, but <laughs> I guess where I walk in my neighborhood. So I don't know. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. And especially in Lent, to disconnect to, in a way, it's going into the desert with Jesus in in, mm-hmm. in that in that sense. Well, it's it's interesting that you already made that connection because the Pope made that same exact mm-hmm. connection uh, today in his in his address, his Wednesday address. He's so smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I pulled that up because uh, he, he he just said some some really interesting things. He um, he said. And this is a quote from him. He said, Lent is a time to disconnect from cell phones and to connect to the gospel. And he recalled when he was a child and didn't have television and his family would make a point of not listening to the radio. Hmm. Um, and then he he went on to say that, you know, it is a time to give up useless words, chatter, rumors, gossip, and talk and speak directly to the Lord. And so, you know, social media and and all these things, they're they're wonderful. They're good. They're tools. But often, yeah, we can just get caught up in the useless chatter that it is. And then we, again, forget to actually have the heart-to-heart conversations with the Lord or with those whom we love. That's a good point. 
um, yeah, keep those things in mind as we enter into this Lenten season. I think that's a good way to to wrap up this segment and uh, and to to move on. But folks, I hope you've got you've got some good, interesting uh, ideas out of this for how to live a better Lent, you know, with and without technology. If you've got in particular ideas or or ways you you live Lent uh, with and without technology, be sure to let us know. I'll, you can send email to technology at sqpn.com or uh, various other ways we'll give at the end of the show to to connect with us and let us know. Uh, so let's move on to our, our next topic. And this is a timely one, of course. Uh, the, the coronavirus, which technically is called COVID-15, because um, I'll be the, the pedant for the moment. The coronavirus describes all kinds of viruses, including different flus and colds. This is a particular kind called COVID-15, but everybody just calls it coronavirus, and I will too. Um, it's it's scary. I'll be straight up. It's a scary thing that they're talking about pandemics and, you know, and, and coming to the U.S. and and, you know, it's it's so virulent. Um, and that fear is some people see that as an opportunity. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, ways to prevent yourself from getting scammed by fake coronavirus hucksters, you know, phishing scams. So uh, do you, do either of you have uh, any information on that you wanted to share? Uh, uh, Pat, did you, did you uh, have any resources on that that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I didn't look up any resources. I figured that the ones that you had provided okay. were, were good. So I, I didn't look up anything different. Oh, okay. So uh, one of them is uh, NBC News had an article that I, I found that, you, that you're mentioning uh, that, where they talk about some of these bogus emails, these phishing emails. Phishing is where people present you with a fake email design that's trying to get you to click on a link that you think is safe, but leads you into some uh, way of them getting it, attacking you, your technology. And uh, so there are these emails that purport to be from the world health organization or the CDC or various other health organizations. And uh, they, 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 Open the attached document about safety measures regarding the the coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera, and it's a link to a to a bogus website or some other pro, you know viral program. Uh, so uh, one of the things you can do is to first you just you don't click links in random emails. I think that's one of the the things. If if you mm -hmm. get an email from an organization, open up your web browser and type in the email the the web address for that organization. And if the if the information is is there, that it'll be there on the page. And if I could add Dom yeah. to that, uh, because particularly you can actually create a link within an email and send it out that takes you to a place that is not what is appearing on the link that you just clicked. Right. Um, so yeah, it is never a good idea to just click on a random link in an email. But if you if you get something that looks like it's from the the CDC, just go to the CDC's website. Um, type it into your web your web browser and go there rather than going through the email. Right. Uh, the other thing to avoid is uh, essentially technological snake oil, uh, fake tests and fake you know virus cures, cures <laughs> or uh, mm -hmm. uh, like like you know instead of a, a a bug zapper, it's virus zapper that you hang in your. None of that stuff is real. If it were real, everyone would have it. They would be hanging around our cities, and no one would ever get sick. Uh, don't fall for that stuff. Don't don't wear garlic around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless you want to attract an Italian, don't wear garlic <laughs> around your neck. Yeah, that's that's the the simple one there. But uh, so yeah, that there be don't be credulous, be skeptical of this stuff um, because, like I said, there's a lot of people out there who's who are trying to um, take advantage. I mean, it's it's horrible. But every time there's some sort of tragedy or some bad thing like this, somebody's looking for a way to make a buck off of it. And that's that's never never good. Um, anything else we want to say about that one? Uh, any other tips you want to give? I would say just just use common sense. If it sounds too good to be true, it more than likely is. Um, <laughs> or too yeah. scary that if you're outraged, that's right. probably another right. one that right. that they're 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 preying the, on fear and outrage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Th yep. That's a good point. The that's the latest thing now is uh, it's not just some people out to make a buck. It's also people out to disrupt our society, perhaps um, other nations. And they want to create fear, distrust. Uh, they want to undermine our economy or our political system. And one of the ways to do that is to create fear and 
uh, anger. And so if, mm-hmm. if you find something that's make, particularly making you angry, particularly making you fearful, maybe something that blames the virus on a particular political <laughs> ideology or point of view. A person. Or a person. <laughs> be, be skeptical of it. All right. Um, good. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good. Uh, uh, a, there's not a lot to say about that except just be skeptical. I do want to. Uh, we got a couple of headlines I want to talk about. Um, one of the things I want to mention is something that just came out just before uh, we started recording. Uh, if you use the Eero home Wi-Fi router, uh, it's 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 a relatively new and it's somewhat advanced Wi-Fi mesh system, which means that there's a base station like you normally have, and then you can set up what they call beacons, which extend the network. If you have uh, uh, either a, a big home or uh, an older homes, because older homes sometimes are built in such ways to block radio signals, like my home, uh, they, they, you can set up these repeaters. And so uh, Eero just implemented, just released its implementation of something that Apple uh, created last year, which allows routers, that's the Wi-Fi router, to work with HomeKit, your smart home stuff. And one of the things, what it does is, is it, it makes you more secure um, by default, the way it sets it up is it allows your various HomeKit accessories to connect to an automatically updated list of manufacturer-approved internet services and local devices, and that's it. So uh, the fear is is that a a a hacked uh, light bulb or camera or whatever can be controlled and used to send data elsewhere. Uh, it's I mean, it's not exactly common unless you're using some weird third party stuff. But the fact is, is it, it can happen. And so this is just another layer of security to prevent that uh, at the router level. Um, there's more to it. And I'm sure that, you, you know, if you're an Eero customer, you can you'll you'll update your app and it'll be in there and it'll, and it'll lead you through it. But uh, I thought that was an interesting update. Uh, every day they're trying to make this stuff more and more secure and easier for the average person to use. And that's that's a good update. Yeah, I think at this point, we should probably, we had such a good discussion, we should probably move on to our picks of the week. What do you think? Uh, unless there's a, another headline uh, that, you, that you all feel called to talk about. Well, the one that you posted that I really liked was about the companies using virtual reality to improve the life of seniors. Oh, sure. I went through that earlier today, yeah. and it was beautiful. It really was. Yeah, we, we talked a little about, actually, last week, we talked about uh, technology uh Use with our uh, our you know the older folks in our in our lives, and this was one that came up. It was last summer, I think, was it originally came out. Uh, but this uh, these different companies are helping senior citizens who are in you know end of life care. They're in hospice, they're in nursing homes or assisted living. They're helping them with uh, virtual reality headsets to 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 do different things. What which was there one particular that you thought was uh, particularly compelling? Oh, I I like the one that talked about, you know, letting seniors who are homebound that can't get out and travel anymore, that let them virtually travel to places that they had either been, that had special significance for them, or that they had never had an opportunity in kind of a, oh, I wish I could have gone to Germany, or I wish I could have gone to here. And just the look of joy on some of these people when they got to go back and see where they got married, mm. or when they got to see where they went on their honeymoon, it was just so beautiful. The, uh, the, to be able to let them break out of their, their shell, their, their prison. Right, you know, that they're in. There was one emotional. There was one. There was a woman who, you know, elderly woman who, as a child, was exiled from Cuba. You know, when Castro took over and hadn't been able to go back, and was able to visit her home after oh, decades wow. of not being there. She says it, it gave life to her soul. She said, you know, and that's that's a beautiful thing. And because VR can be so immersive, it it can really, you know, it. it make you feel like you're in that place. And it's really neat to see that. Well, and the other, there was one other episode in there where they talked about using VR to help people who are limited in their opportunities for exercise to make it more uh, immersive so that they would feel like they were out for a walk in a real place, mm. or they were doing their stationary bike and, you know, really, you know, biking through this, this beautiful scenery. And I thought that was kind of cool because none of us like exercise. And so, you know, if, especially if they're, they're bound physically, this gives a little bit more opportunity to do it in a more joyful manner. That's a good mm-hmm. point. 
I like the one where it said that uh, they one company they used 360 cameras to capture like particular experiences. For example, they filmed a live band playing Frank Sinatra with the musicians and a crowd mm-hmm. of actors dressed in 1950s oh, clothing. That. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Although I'm not sure when I'm that age, I want to be like hanging out in like a 90s disco club. You know, I'm not sure I want that. But well, that's your that's your own personal history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather be in the Maybe 50s. you could be back in Steubenville or over at the Vatican. You yep. know, imagine taking a virtual tour of the Vatican when you can't travel anymore. Yep. That would be so neat. A uh, couple of years ago, I know this is related, but not to seniors necessarily, but there was a, there was an exhibit at a, the, uh, a museum in Washington, DC where they had, they, they, they did, they did the same scans of the church of the Holy Sepulcher in Jerusalem. Oh, um, wow. And I was able to go visit it virtually through this VR set, which was really cool. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> I would love to. I, I don't know if I'll ever get to Jerusalem, but yeah. Yeah. So th- those things are really, really powerful. There are these certain VR, they're mostly done for entertainment, but certain kinds of uh, VR systems where you they they create an environment. So you're wearing the the headset that shows you think the the environment, but then they have props and things that. So like when you reach out to touch the wall, there's a there's a wall there, or or if there's an obstacle in front of you, you know you you touch the obstacle, or if the wind blows, it's a fan blowing your face. So they create. The, the the sensations of being in in the place that you're seeing, um, I would love to be able to to like you. I don't think I'll ever go to the Holy Land, so I would love to be able to see these places more than just in the photos, but to almost be in that place. Uh, mm-hmm. That would that would be really cool. Um, I wonder if they'll ever do. No, they probably won't ever do Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as a VR experience. No, I they can, want you to go. <laughs> I can I can tell you about it in April because I'm going. Oh, <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Hey, you make it. Take a VR set with you to, to record it all. Just for wear us. a 360 camera rig on your head. That's that's simple. Um, I heard, uh, you know, yeah, the, I, the, I heard. By the way, from our friends at the Secrets of Disney podcast, which is also on the SQPN network, which is up again. Deborah Shaben said she heard from a little birdie. Deborah used to work at Disney. That there's a Chewbacca mode in the Millennium Falcon ride. That if, I saw a, a news article about. Oh, it. okay. That if you like, if you crash the the uh, Millennium Falcon a lot, you get Chewbacca yells at you the whole time. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go just for that, but anyway, that's well, we're off on the tangent on that one. But uh, I and I and I'm actually going to do some live podcasting from Disney for them. Awesome! Oh, wow! So wow! wow. <laughs> Very yeah, good. It's going to well, be cool. Yeah, and I'm sure well, you'll have plenty to talk about on the Secrets of Star Wars, which is another podcast <laughs> that Father Andrew hosts <laughs> with SQPN. If you're a Star Wars fan. Oh. All right, so let's let's. Uh, that was great, Pat. Thank you for uh, for for reminding me to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about our picks of the week, uh, Father Andrew. What's what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a online web tool uh, called Speed Test. Mm. Uh, speedtest.net. It is something that just determines how fast your your internet connection is, how fast you download, and how fast you can upload um, through your your current internet service provider. And this is super helpful. It's something that I've I've used to to make sure that I'm I have the right bandwidth to to do the Skype calls and the podcasting. Oh yeah. But it's also a super important tool so that you can use it if you're trying to make sure that you're getting the download speeds that are promised to you by your internet service providers. Um, so if you're paying for 10 megabits per second or 25 or 100, depending on your your level of use. You can use this to see if you're genuinely getting what they've promised you. And if you're not, then you can use this as a as a reason to call them up and see if uh, they can give you a discount or, or fix whatever issue it is that you have that you're not getting the speeds that you were promised and that you're paying for. Right. There might be like equipment so, on the pole that isn't working perfectly. Yep. You know, uh, one thing to keep in mind is when you do run it that other things on your local network will also sometimes suck up some of your bandwidth. So you won't all necessarily get... All that you're paying for. But if it's not close, that would be the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also make a- an app for your phone, but yep. uh, it really only makes sense to do that when you're on your Wi-Fi. Don't do it when your phone is on the cell network because then you're just testing the cell <laughs> network speed. So just the but that's a good one. Well, I also I also use it for troubleshooting when I'm and, and show my clients how to use that, because that way, if it starts going down. First thing I tell them is reboot the router, and often mm-hmm. that will bring it back to the the a uh, good clean state. Yeah. 
But if it continues to be bad, then yeah, you knock, start knocking on the door of your internet company and say, hey, I'm not getting what you told me I was. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good. And a lot of times yeah. if it's if it happens too often that it keeps going down, it may be time to buy a new router. Right. Right. They age just like all other electronics. Uh, good. That's a good pick. Uh, Pat, what's your pick this week? Well, not everybody is is computer crazy as I am, but there are a lot of times that I've got people that may have upgraded and, and gotten a new machine, but they've still got their old machine that maybe is running an app under a, on an operating system that they really can't get rid of yet. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a device that's called a KVM switch, keyboard, video, mouse. And it allows you to switch between two machines so that you've got one video, one keyboard, one mouse, and you just hit a button and you're seeing the other computer. And so I have several of my people recently as we've moved from Windows 7 into Windows 10 that are in this situation. They, they've got applications that will not go onto the new operating system. Mm. And so they've got two machines, and that's one way they can keep them and not be terribly inconvenienced. They've got two CPUs sitting there, but they only have to have one screen keyboard monitor. Yep. Good. That's a good. That's a good uh, choice, and they usually come in different varieties. Like if you have an HDMI mo- HDMI monitor or a VGA monitor, or various ones uh, like that. But yeah, that's a that's that way you don't have your desk littered with keyboards and and that such things. Uh, very good. So my pick is not a computer gadget. It's not a phone gadget. Uh, this is a cooking gadget, but it's also a home gadget. I use it for cooking a lot, but I use it for other home things, and it's kind of handy. I never thought I'd find a use for it, and this is. An handheld infrared thermometer. So what it is, I got the and I got this idea from Alton Brown. Let me just uh, throw hmm. that out there. Yes. So <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Give, him <laughs> give him credit where credit is due. Uh, so what it is is it's a little looks like a little laser pistol, and it's got a little display on it, and it's you know it's a pistol grip, and you you pull the trigger, and a red dot shines on something, uh, and it you, the readout on the handheld display tells you what the te- its temperature is which is handy and if you you can get real close to something and get a a very small d- uh, diameter measurement the further away you are the more the the greater area you're aver- getting an average temperature of if you know what i mean i use this all the so i use this like for when i'm cooking on my griddle uh I, like a thermometer is great if i'm if i need to measure oil or the temperature of a of a food and i can stick it in it but this, an infrared one, measures the surface temperature. So my griddle, my pan, you know, if I want to make sure the pan is hot enough to start cooking on, that's one. That's a great use for it. Another way I've used it is, like, when I'm trying to figure out, I we have forced hot air ventilation. If I want to find out which, if I'm getting hot air coming out of all the vents and what the temperature is, I'll walk under the vent, point it at it as the air is blowing, and it tells me what the temperature is. Or, or AC is the other one that it does. So air conditioning or, uh, or heat. Um, another one for those of us who live in northern climes, we have to worry about uh, pipes freezing. And under mm-hmm. my kitchen sink, it's there's the uh, there's a uh, the wall, the back wall of the house. And so, on particularly cold nights, I'll sometimes open it up and point it at the back wall behind the sink, underneath, and find out how cold is it in there. And if it's getting pretty cold, and I'm I'm afraid of my pipes freezing, uh, you know, I'll I'll keep it open and I'll you know get some warm air in there and that sort of thing like that. But uh, it you find you it's interesting how many uses you'll find for it. Um, you know, I've and then sometimes it's fun like it's uh, it's it's 100 degrees out. How hot is the uh, back patio? Oh, I could fry an egg on that. You know that sort of thing. But uh, it it's you you'd be amazed at uh, at how many times you'll use this little device and. Best thing, the one I've got linked that I that I got, it's fifteen dollars. It's wow. almost nothing. That's yeah, it's good. almost an impulse buy. So um yeah. It's that's a l- now can you take the kids temperature with it? May see if they're running a fever. <laughs> I don't think it's it's human accurate, but uh it it'll get you in the ballpark. <laughs> uh for that I have a different uh th- a, a gadget thermometer, which might be a future pick if I haven't already picked it yet. I'll have to double check. But uh yeah, that's so uh that's a lot of words about an infrared thermometer. all right so i think that's a good place to wrap things up i do want to before we go take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology this week including adika l tom v randy l afton r and paul c their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give 
make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. So that's it from us. What did you think of any of the things we had to discuss? Like I mentioned, the, the Lent and stuff, we'd love to hear from you, you know, how you use or, or uh, don't use technology during Lent. Uh, you can c- comment on the show at sqpn.com technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you'll find links from our discussion, all the things we talked about, and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. And if you're still using social media this line, remember to like the Secrets of Technology on Facebook, uh, find us on Twitter at, at SQPN, and, and leave us some comments in those various places, which helps juice the algorithm and let other, lets other people know that we're here. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Adios. Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Absolutely. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.